When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. From Sugar 23, I am Angela Ledgewood, and this is Lit Up. This week, we decided to do a special end-of-year episode to share some of our favorite books of 2022 and to put some guaranteed good reads on your radar for the cozy holiday season. I decided to speak with one of the most well-read people in my life who happens to be a colleague at work. Her name is Ruby Smith. She's an editorial assistant at the Sugar 23 Books imprint. And as well as helping me pick guests for this show, she helps me assess what kind of books we should publish with our partners at Penguin Random House. So she has the eyes and ears of the publishing world. She used to be a bookseller. And she's one of those people that has these meticulous lists in her phone of every type of you know, book list you should read, and she's going to share them with us um, on Instagram. It was such a pleasure to also speak to a colleague and get to know her on a different level, even though we're close and we're, you know, around each other every day. So ask someone you love what their favorite read of 2022 was and uh, the book they give most. We're going to share ours. I hope you love this episode. This week we're trying something a little new, and I have one of the most prolific readers in my life on the podcast, Ruby Smith. Welcome to Lit Up. So Ruby and I work together at the Sugar 23 book imprint and she also helps on Lit Up and has the most incredible suggestions of who to get on the show, what writers you know, we should be watching and all the new talent out there. So who better to have on <laughs> Lit Up than Ruby? Thank um, you. And Ruby, just uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Why are you so drawn to books? Well, I've always been a reader since I was a kid. And, you know, that never changed and went away. And I studied English in school. So I was always reading through college. And that was my focus. 
And then the day I graduated, I got a job at Three Lives Bookstore in the West Village. And I worked there for three years. And that was like the best job. And I just spent all day recommending books to people and talking about books. And then I got to read a lot of new authors and things that were coming out in advance. So I think that's like the basis of my love of reading in my adult life and kind of has shaped how I see my reading life. I got so much joy out of recommending books to other people and then hearing feedback, what they liked and getting to know people's taste and developing relationships through that was such a fun way to connect with people, you know, my friends, but also customers and people I just wouldn't know otherwise. It also forces you to expand what you read. And I'm sure someone, you know, a 90-year-old man might come in looking for something that you've never heard of. And then it's that domino effect. And is it true that you wrote either your thesis or another huge kind of body of work about infinite jazz yes 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 Yes. I'm like that huge book which well so I actually wrote it about three huge books which was Ulysses infinite jest and Finnegan's Wake um which makes me sound very pretentious (laughs) I have read none of them people so don't feel bad (laughs) maybe we need the crib notes from you yeah and people sometimes will ask me like oh should I read them and like of course I would say you should but it's really like I specifically wrote my thesis and did that in an academic setting because you have so many resources and other people who have read those books. And I read them in the context of classes where people are explaining them to you and, you know, you have context. And I think, I mean, I know many people have sat down and read those books on their own, but for me, it would have been like a far less enriching experience. Which was your favorite out of the three? Probably Ulysses even though I do love Infinite Jest as well, just because it's such a kind of experience and there's such a kind of cult following around it. But I took this amazing class with a professor named Gregory Erickson and we all read Ulysses together and then we traveled to Dublin and did kind of like a tour of James Joyce's Dublin. So that was such an immersive and fun experience that I just have really fond memories of that book. Gosh, what a way to experience an author. Yeah, I know there are all these amazing tours, you know, Jane Austen tours and things, which Mm -hmm. I would love to do. And so many, so much tourism now around, you know, certain Mm -hmm. fandoms. But that one seems great. Yeah, it was so fun. Okay, so now everyone knows exactly why Ruby's here (laughs) and how lucky I am to work with her. So I have asked her to kind of think back on 2022 And what books really kind of stood out, you know, having reflected on the year. And then maybe for those of us who are looking for some guaranteed good times that have been vetted by (laughs) Ruby to kind of bring them back. uh, And then we can go from there. What's the first one on your list for this year? So the first one on my list is a book called The English Understand Wool. And it's by Helen DeWitt. And it's part of the New Directions storybook series. I don't know if you've seen them, but they're these really pretty little hardcover books and they kind of have like a foil, shiny cover. Um, And the premise of the series is that they're books that you can read in one sitting. So it's a short novella. It's only about 70 pages. And um, it was one of my favorite reading experiences of the year just because I did finish it in one sitting 
And because it's so short, I don't want to give too much of the plot away, but it centers around the 17-year-old girl who grew up in Marrakesh in a very wealthy environment with very wealthy parents. And um, that's you kind of are situated in that world, and then this story starts to unfold, and it just becomes a total page-turner and is very surprising. There's like a big twist. So I don't want to say more than that because it is so short and so much of the fun of it is kind of, you know, uncovering the story. I think it would be a great gift just because it's such a pretty book. And I just think, you know, anyone will have a good hour when they sit down and read it. Oh, okay. The next one. Okay. The next one is a bit longer. It's called The Midcoast by Adam White. And I didn't know anything about this book um, when I picked it up, but I just thought the cover was striking, which is maybe a theme of the books. And it's this pretty, you know, photograph of a house in Maine. The book is about this town in the midcoast of Maine. It's about two families. It's kind of a family drama. It starts out with this crime and then kind of goes back in time and you slowly kind of start to uncover what led these two families um, to participate in this small town drama. It's just very atmospheric and kind of ominous and propulsive, but also like very heartfelt. And um, the writer, Adam, grew up in the mid coast of Maine. So you can tell he's really familiar with that setting. And I think this would also be um, a good book for maybe the men in your lives. I think men can be a harder (laughs) demographic to shop for. That was a big request. I would get at Three Lives. It's like, I need something for my dad or my brother and um, anyone would enjoy it. But I think if, if a man in your life is looking for a novel, it's a really, it's a good one. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. You always come with authors that I've never heard of before. My, my read of this year is going to seem so What's yours? I'm curious. Well, it's not the read of the year. I think it's the, like for me, the guaranteed good time. Mm -hmm. The lessons in chemistry was the book Yes. I feel like you could give anyone and they would really enjoy it. And it's a great book for a discussion, you know, a book club. It's a great gift for your mom or probably I was wouldn't say narrowly for the for women, but you know, it is about a scientist called Elizabeth Zott who is very frustrated and gets discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in one of her frustrating outbursts, uh, to be on TV to host a cooking show that's very much based in the sciences, and it it goes from there. But it's clever and funny, and the, you know, the Times did a huge feature on it, and it it deserved it all. Mm-hmm. Such a smart writer. the The author's Bonnie Garmus, and. It's her first novel and she was a science editor for many, many years oh, cool. and a textbook editor. So you just know that the, you know, the equations and all the things in it are real. And Elizabeth Zott, the character, gets into rowing on an erg, oh, on a rowing machine. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because I rowed. Yeah, this is, you have to read it. Yes, no, it's on my list. Um, and apparently Bonnie herself can't stop rowing either. Oh, really? She <laughs> is a rower, so you'll love it. Um, but I want to keep going back to yours. Okay, my next one is a memoir called Acne by Laura Chin, 
who's an actress and a comedy writer, and she created the show Florida Girls. And it's her memoir kind of about her growing up in her childhood. She had this wild childhood. She was um, raised in Clearwater, Florida and L.A. And, you know, came from kind of poverty. And she's um, was a mixed race girl growing up who was kind of white passing. And so she talks about, you know, her parents kind of struggled with poverty and addiction. And she went, you know, swaths of time living on her own at a very young age. And she started drinking when she was 11 and all of this sounds like very dark and it is, but the book is very, very funny and just such a, a clear portrait of her childhood. That's one of those things that's, you know, stranger than fiction, like you can't make it up. And I just loved her voice. Such a great example, I think, of a funny memoir about this really serious topic. And I think we see a lot of those kind of funny memoirs from celebrities and I don't always actually find them, you know, to be funny or touching. And this one really is all of those things. I didn't know anything about her before reading the book. Someone recommended it to me. And then a few of my friends read it after me and just really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what else she writes or, you know, other shows that she does now. It stuck with me. I, you know, I thought about it after I finished it. That's amazing. Yeah. I love the sound of that. Well, you just mentioned the word portrait, and I'm going to bring up a book that I want to read that I might get for the holiday period, um, and it's Maggie O'Farrell's uh, The Marriage Portrait. Mm -hmm. I've heard it's great. It just, that cover, and everyone, I'm sure you've seen it, it's a portrait of, um, is it Lucretia? No, I just want to get her name right. Well, firstly, it's about the life of um, the Medici, one of the Medici mm -hmm. women, and it's her portrait on the cover, and it kind of has been ripped away. And we see her portrait throughout, and that just looks filled with drama, but also drawn from history in a really, you know, smart and clever way. So I've only read her memoir, which is amazing. And th other colleagues of mine at Three Lives just love her and adore these novels, and I have not read them yet. That's also on my list to read. Uh, I mean, it, it's interesting. This year, looking back, it didn't seem like there was that one book that everyone had to read. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of big authors with books out, but a lot of them maybe didn't get that momentum or there wasn't that giving – you know, that whisper network of you have to read this with some of those big ones. Um, I wanted to read the new Jennifer Egan, but I haven't mm -hmm. yet. Like books like that, I feel like Franzen had another one. There were almost too many because yeah. there were so many this fall of big writers coming out. And, you know, when one comes out, it's kind of like, okay, this is the one everyone's going to read. But there were so many this year that I feel like you had to kind of pick and choose. Well, and then what I love about publishing is that, you know, the hardcover comes out, but really most of us come to books, you know, two or three years after they've been published when the paperback's out and we've seen it around, you know, however, 20 times and then we finally reach for it. Um, I often like to see what rises to the top, you know, like after a couple of years, what's still on that the three lives favorites mm -hmm. table, you know, that is such an, you know, a great way to find good books. Um, Ruby, another one. 
where you can move on to yeah. books you want to read. One that I actually have read, but it's not coming out until April, is Curtis Sittenfeld's new novel called Romantic Comedy, which I just read um, an advanced copy of, and it's so great. And I'm just Curtis Sittenfeld's biggest fan. Um, for those of you who don't know, she wrote Prep and American Wife and many other great books. And I feel like Prep was the book that was in every girl's bedroom when I was growing up. And for some reason, I never read it until like just a couple of years ago. Roxanne Gay just reviewed her new novel and she was saying how it's so satisfying and all of her novels are really satisfying. And that's not always the case with books or novels. It takes place at kind of a fictionalized version of SNL. And it's this female comedy writer who has noticed that you know, much like in real life, many of her kind of dorky or dweeby male colleagues end up dating these, you know, beautiful movie stars who come on to host this late night show. But that never happens for women writers who work at the show. And then, of course, um, you know, a very handsome pop star comes to host the show and they kind of hit it off. And, um, you know, it goes from there. And she's wondering, like, oh, is this this rule that she's kind of observed, like, is that really true? Or can she, you know, can she date this really handsome pop star and, you know, overcome that look. stereotype? Um, and it's just super fun and fast and really well-written and really well-observed. That sounds like the perfect opening to a book. Totally. Like, sign me up. I cannot wait. It's kind of romantic comedy-esque, but knowing that Curtis Sittenfeld has written it and, you know, obviously elevated it, it feels a little, I find sometimes Meg Woolitzer has the same, mm -hmm. like that intelligence. Totally. She's such a smart writer and she's one of those writers where she describes things Tim, that, you know, I, I couldn't put words to, like a feeling or a situation that I've thought about, but she just has the perfect kind of encapsulation of that. Well, now I want to talk about some guaranteed books that people can um, find comfort in. I mean, whatever that means, reading comfort mm -hmm. that you have vetted for us. So my number one pick in this category is a book called Heating and Cooling by Beth Ann Fennelly who's the Poet Laureate of Mississippi. And this is a book we sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of copies of at Three Lives. And it was kind of, it's definitely an underrated book. It's, um, the subtitle is 52 Micro Memoirs. And it's a very, you know, short, slim little read. And it makes a great gift. It has a really great cover. Um, but it's Beth Ann's, her her micro memoir. So a few of them are a few sentences, a few are a few pages just about, you know, little moments in her life. Some are really funny and some are really tragic, but it's truly the book that I would give to anyone and know that anyone would have a good experience with. And I have given it to so many people. It's probably my most gifted book. It's the book I've bought the most um, to give to other people. Well, the book I have given the most and seems quite timeless is this book. And I've had the author Ingrid Fatelli unlit up many, many years ago. And I keep having friends come back 
to either that conversation or that book and it's called Joyful and it's a non-fiction book um, and I've planned to give it to people again already. It's kind of on my list to go and buy and it's about the aesthetics of joy, so the the objects, the, the colours, um, but really investigating the why our subconscious um, finds certain places, things appealing, calming or joyful, you know, particularly that that will make you smile and give you energy. It's a lot about what kind of energizes you in the real world. But then, you know, obviously we can't all get rid of all our furniture and only have a swing in the living room. <laughs> but, you know, we can do certain elements of that. But it's really great if you have anyone in your life who's a designer or, um, you know, loves color may sound like, oh, I think I know what that's about. But the examples in it are so strange Mm -hmm. and beautiful. And she goes to many places around the world to kind of understand different types of aesthetics, you know, in Japan, there's this apartment, these two artists have created to completely like discombobulate you, your ba- your sense of balance. So it, the floors are slanted. There's almost like humps and bubbly bits on the walls and on the floor. So if you wanted to brush your teeth, you actually have to hold on to a handle so you don't slide. <laughs> and apparently people go there and it, it kind of strengthens their um, well, it challenges your kind of perception of the world. It sounds kind of scary and weird, but apparently it's really an amazing experience. Well, and it's like that study about color theory that I don't remember the name of, but I feel like has really permeated that, you know, certain colors have certain effects on our mood. And there's like a specific shade of pink that they paint locker rooms or hospitals are painted that specific color to calm people down. And I think the locker room ones is to like kind of amp you up before a game or something like that. The findings were kind of so strong and so ubiquitous that it was, I think, pretty widely adapted in certain public spaces. Yeah. And also if you think about the sharpness and angles of objects, it talks a lot about architecture and that what is seen as important work for so long has been these sharp kind of brutalist buildings and things that are actually not pleasant to either look at or live in or even be around, but they seem to give this very, the austerity of it lends a kind of this idea of like intelligence or kind of like a higher purpose but actually people have to interact with these places it's really really interesting and the best example in there is like saying have you ever seen a bond villain you know surrounded by puffy cushions (laughs) and like frilly florals like no you start to see it everywhere and you start to notice why you feel really relaxed in some environments and others. I could talk on and on about it forever. What's another book that you would give someone or that is that easy 
Another gift. one that I thought would be a great gift that came out this year was Fly Girl by Anne Hood. And Anne Hood's a great writer and essayist. I think she has the record for the most um, New York Times modern love columns. Oh, how much has happened to her? <laughs> a lot has happened to her. But before she became a novelist and an essayist, she was a flight attendant. And she graduated college and knew she wanted to be a writer, but also knew she had to get a job. And she grew up in um, Rhode Island and knew she wanted to see the world. And so she applied to all of these different airlines to become a flight attendant. And she was accepted at TWA, which no longer exists. I think it was 1978. So it was kind of right at the end of what she calls, you know, the golden age of air travel. And it's her memoir of kind of all the behind the scenes of becoming a flight attendant and the training she had to go through and the customers she had to deal with. And, you know, back then it was much more about hospitality and she had to learn how to make all these drinks and prepare meals. And it's a really fun um, kind of, you know, adventurous story and really warm. And I think another one that just anyone would have a good experience with. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I had so many of my mom's friends were air hostesses, which I mm -hmm. think you could call them that then. And I know, I think now is it flight attendant? Is I think that, so. Yeah. It's not gendered in the same way, mm -hmm. but that was the same impulse. Like I grew up in a country town. I want to see the world and it was such a glamorous job for a while there. And I think very exciting. Yeah. And she talks about, you know, I, I think a lot of these benefits have changed, but you know, the programs in which you could put yourself on a list and hopefully if there was an extra seat, you could fly free anywhere in the world. And, you know, of course she was also flying to all these places for her jobs and, you know, you develop friendships and you have different people and places in different cities. And you also have specific routes that maybe you're a regular on. Um, so it was a really interesting look like behind the scenes of, you know, this world, I mean, flight attendants, of course, still exist, but the world of flying has changed so much since 1978. Yeah. I feel that maybe we're spoiled that as flyers, we don't appreciate how incredible it is to be able to fly. Yeah. So it's become so mundane. Yeah. But back then it was really an experience for people and a privilege and, it was treated that way. Like you would, you know, of course, dress up to go on a flight and you were always served a hot meal and you had a cocktail and you would chat with the people on the yes. plane. Okay. I'm going to share one last gift type book. Um, and he'll be on lit up and it's a book all about natural wine and it's called the world of natural wine by Aaron Aiskoff. And this is a guy that, didn't grow up drinking wine or really knowing anything about it, was living in LA and needed a job. And he, you know, got a job like many of us had in a restaurant and seemed to have a knack for selling wine. He trained as a sommelier and then felt very disillusioned with kind of the wine he was selling and decided to go to France and find out more about how this wine was being made. And go and meet the winemakers, particularly in Beaujolais, which is a region of France that um, has 
birthed the natural wine movement. It's such a great book. There are lots of photos in there. You meet these characters. It's really the story of kind of organic farming and biodynamic farming as well, but told through the lens of these kind of renegades all in this one region and how that spread. But a great gift for someone who you know likes wine or someone who just wants to have a bit more knowledge because I love wine and um, know a little bit about it more from being a waitress for a long time in a former life. But I still find it really intimidating, you know, and certain restaurants and places will make you feel intimidated, which is such a shame because wine is just about like a history of a place. I feel like there's been so many behind the scenes about restaurants or kitchens, but not as much about wine or sommeliers or, you know, vineyards, the people who are involved in the winemaking process. I think it's still very opaque to a lot of people. So what's another one? Well, speaking of, you know, food and wine, the last two I'll recommend are both food books and kind of, I'd say, the classics of the food book genre, which is Blood, Bones, and Butter by Gabrielle Hamilton, which is probably my favorite kind of food memoir. And she's the owner of Prune. And I actually listened to the audiobook, which is great. And I definitely recommend and it's just such a fun adventure through her life and also through food and wine and the restaurant world. And I actually just finished today Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain, which I had never read, um, even though, you know, it's such a classic and he has such a great voice and it's a very different take on the restaurant industry, you know, much more kind of like masculine and aggressive, but it was really fun. I listened to them both on audio. Well, I also have to hark back to Stanley Tucci, who we had mm. on the pod, and you can listen to that one. But um, his book was so fun. But definitely that the second season of Searching for Italy is the most beautiful escapist, but also a look at, you know, artisans and people so passionate about what they make. Um, that was so inspiring. I think everyone will agree that, that Ruby needs to come back. She has <laughs> all these lists of what to read for, for when and why. So we'll get you sharing them far more often. <laughs> for sure. Thanks a lot. Thank you. <laughs> Lit Up is a podcast from Sugar23. It's hosted by me, Angela Ledgewood, and produced by Liam Billingham. Olivia Allmeyer is the marketing and editorial consultant. Mike Mayer and Michael Sugar are the executive producers. Andre Radofsky wrote the theme music. See you in 2023. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.